I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello and welcome to All Things Policy. I am Saurabh Todi, and I have. with uh, me my colleague suman and we are going to discuss uh, regarding uh, a big development uh, that happened uh, last week that the parliament passed the women's reservation bill and it has been passed by the both houses and now it will be notified soon so this has been a very momentous uh, occasion uh, to ensuring uh, representation of women uh, in our uh, political structure and uh, there have been many views about i mean although everyone has welcomed the move there have been some critics that uh, argue that this is not the best way to go about it or do, they say that reservations are not the best way to even ensure uh, like women's representation so we'll have this discussion and see you know uh, uh, like what it is what's the background why do we need it and what are the ways to go about it and if the current bill passes the test and if not what are the alternatives that we can look at so a very warm welcome suman hi saurav great to be on the show first time with you so yeah <laughs> yeah so i wanted to ask that suman so i'll i'll just get straight into it so like what is the background here like why like like why do women need a reservation or like why is a reservation the way uh, to go about it uh, given that uh, like our representation of females uh, at the time of independence was around 4% and now 15% so it is very low and in 70 plus years it's only increased by about 10 to 12% so it is bad but then what is the background here yeah um just i mean i've been reading about this yes i am happy that the bill has been passed but uh, i have i mean is this the best form of the bill i don't think so but um yeah to talk about women's reservation itself and i mean i would like to call it women's representation and not reservation because i believe that this is about representation and not some charity that somebody is giving to us that you know we are making we are giving something away from us to you we are reserving this for you kind of thing so yeah so in terms of representation itself yes because um, i mean there are multitudes of studies that have shown that women when women are represented the kind of issues that get spoken about get or the kind of issues that get traction uh, are vastly different and ones that affect women's health women's issues more okay given the gendered roles that everybody uh, that women and men play in our society it almost feels like women's issues are not represented so when these get represented given that you know only women will talk about women's issues all of that when these get representation uh, when these get spoken about in lawmaking forums um i believe that 
this these will get redressed and will probably lead to better outcomes for society as a whole because otherwise half the half the population is not being represented in any of the views now why is it that men don't talk about women's issues and women you know all of i mean it's not such a fine it's not such a uh, you know such a big line that we need to draw that women men do not at all talk about men, uh, women's issues but i mean on a large scale studies have shown that when women get uh, get a voice uh, issues such as water uh, drinking water issues such as education issues such as health get more um, get more traction and that is what eventually we probably want right so that way the 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 need for women in policy making is really high and i mean come on 50% of the population and we are just 15% in any of the uh, law making bodies that doesn't seem to be fair it doesn't seem to be inclusive it doesn't seem to be representative at all in a representative democracy i don't think that is a nice uh, that is a that's an ideal at all so that is in terms of my rant on why why we, <laughs> why we need women in the parliament no no that makes sense completely and and i was just wondering that you know it is actually quite remarkable that when this uh, bill i mean again just for our listeners this bill has been like uh, tried to be passed almost i think five times and the last time it was uh, passed in rajya sabha in 2010 it could not pass in the lok sabha so so man, like what changed i mean the same parties are there and in the short span of about 10 to 15 years it seems like everybody supports this so like what changed firstly i think i mean keeping the, the politics of it aside in the sense that okay this we've had this government for the two terms nine years and suddenly i mean in the nine years we've never heard about this and they've just suddenly brought it up that seems a little odd but let's keep that aside but look at just voting patterns look at women as a uh, as a block as such you will see that in the 2019 elections the voting percentages of women is marginally higher than the men and this was not so in previous elections so that bridge has been you know kind of uh, crossed or kind of uh, brought together so if women are voting in such high numbers it just means something right it you probably have women you know not voting i mean we don't know motives for vote at all but considering they are such a big voting block probably parties have woken up the incentives for parties to look at women you know as a separate constituency and therefore come up with policies or with schemes that will entice women is it cannot be wished away look at all the schemes that you have for women okay the yeah yeah um, you know the free cylinders or you know the clean gas i mean the clean fuel whatever we call it uh, the free bus or any of it right it just means that political parties have started taking women as a constituency quite seriously and if we have all this as schemes and as something so patronizing towards women why not have representation also of women you know in the same way it's not i mean women don't seek uh, largest from men okay and we, it's not as if um, 
women want all this just to be beneficiaries women want to be at the decision making tables having a voice in what uh, you know what needs to be uh, really discussed so in that sense i think we have come to a tip- tipping point to see that women need representation on the, dis- the on the you know decision table and so it becomes a catching point for political parties everywhere and given the politics at present i think it everybody is pushing towards this because this is something uh, you know that cannot be negated or cannot be dissed by any party right given how society has been moving uh, we cannot uh, we cannot um, you know discount the role women play anywhere so that's i think a win in that sense right so uh, yeah so that's where we are with why we need women in the parliament itself yeah and 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 i think it's also kind of important to kind of for our listeners to kind of uh, uh, recall that you know women's reservation is not something that is very new so uh, through 76 uh, 2nd and 73rd amendment uh, we already have reserved about uh, uh, about one third and in some cases 50% seats at the level of panchayat uh, for women already and that has been now going on for about three decades and i think despite uh, some of the concerns at the starting that you know this will not really lead to empowerment this will um, make women just mere proxies of uh, of their husbands or brothers or fathers or whatever i think there is now increasing evidence that despite those hiccups initially like like this this reservation has held but do you think this same thing can be replicated at the level of let's say state or center because at the very local level you're still like uh, you you have your uh, here to the ground but do you think we can expect the same thing to happen um uh i think the fears are slightly misplaced that uh you know uh, if having women in the parliament uh, they will uh, they will be proxies or they will be what they used to call as pati sarpanchs in uh, um in the local level the 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 fear that this will get replicated is misplaced sure we cannot deny that there have been cases of that we cannot deny that a lot of times you know they are just appointed as proxies and the decision making is in still in the hands of the men but there is evidence like you said um, of uh, this having shown some fruit at the local level um, there is a paper by raghavendra chatopadhyay and esther duflo which actually show that issues regarding women get get sort get discussed more when uh, women are sarpanchs at the local level also when we have this in addition to an an ecosystem where there are self help groups women self help groups you see an increased awareness amongst women on these issues and also uh, subsequently more political participation and that's what we want also we need to make a difference between the local level and the law making level okay at the local level maybe it's still okay for the for the the husband of if you're saying that there is this phenomenon the husband to walk into a meeting and just you know call the shots but 
when we are talking about the parliament we have to keep in mind that this is a law making body right and anybody just doesn't walk into the parliament to make you know to make laws or so the, it's not as if the husband is going to walk into the parliament yeah, so it, it will cause like i, th- I think uh, it is not as easy and i think i mean same it's not I, I easy. sure it, there will be influences yeah, yeah. okay there will mm-hmm. be influences but what is it that is so different about women being influenced versus sons dot sons nephews uncles etc you still have this whole True. system where um, fathers are nominating sons uncles are nominating nephews how are you so sure that they are not proxies so if the proxy argument is that you know only the women will not have any agency but all these other men have agency to make their own laws or whatever to make their own decisions then that is wrong that is yeah, that's, purely, fair. Yeah? <laughs> that's fair that's fair that's <laughs> fair right so i don't think that argument holds at all sure i mean i'm not discounting the influence men have on uh, on these kind of things but to make a start i think this is good and you will have uh, women who break out of the mold and you what norm breaking is what we are looking at in societal change so when we if we want this sure we can we should be willing to live with some of this Right? Yeah, true. Yeah, true. And 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 honestly, I think uh, even if these concerns are there, I think the idea is again to go back to the experience of uh, how all of this happened uh, at the local level, right? That there might might be some issues in, in in like like for the first two cycles or something, but eventually, as the women go to state assemblies and and parliament and all, like I think they will start to get their own voice and they will start to. like break out of the mold as you said and then and, uh, like yeah. start to assert themselves yeah, and it's not as if they haven't done it before remember in mm. the first parliament itself first first session of the first sitting 19 whatever 47 1950 you had women sure they were elite women okay they were women from uh, you know elite families who got elected in the 4.4% 4.4% of the people who got elected yes there were elite women who came to the thing who came to the parliament but look at their contribution it's not like as if they were sitting around doing nothing okay there was amrit kaur who led who um, actually passed who who led the i mean you know the movement for you know foundation of the aims which yeah, is yeah. such a big thing she passed the prevention of food adulteration act and you know there were so many other acts that were passed at the instance, again dowry prohibition whose whose issue is dowry prohibition it is the women's issue right who else will bring it up what are the True. incentives for somebody else to bring it up? all this was done in the first parliament so how can you say that women will not bring in quality law making into the process it is i mean i think we are being extremely misogynist if we say that the quality of law making will suffer if we have that many women in the parliament that is a completely misplaced or you know complete yeah i would say it's completely misplaced yeah it, it is it is i i completely agree with you i think i, I think If, if if it's anyone's argument that you know like uh, women cannot make laws as effectively as men i mean i would contest that men can even make those laws as effectively as we have seen in our parliament and i think uh, i don't see there's any difference at least regarding gender i think uh, it's it's not something that i think we should really pay uh, any 
attention to i mean that argument is just uh, uh, spurious but i'm curious so I, i think so now that we have the bill which is now an act so it's it, it, it's passed and it, it, it will get the uh, the presidential assent so the way it is structured uh, right now is that the 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 bill says that uh, from uh, after the census after the first census mm-hmm. uh, following the passage of this uh, bill there there will be delimitation commission and that is uh, what will decide um, uh, yes. like uh, which seats to be reserved and then this the seats will be reserved in rotation so every delimitation which usually happens once every 10 years they will change these reserved seats the bill says that uh, the reservations would be for 15 years but then the the parliament by law can uh, increase yeah. or uh, uh, increase the timeline so i am just curious um, what do you have any uh, like what do you think about the structure of this bill or the way it goes about it do you think that uh, this uh, bill is something that can empower women like the way it is structured um yeah actually in, i mean you know there is a wonderful cartoon that uh, you know shows the hurdles that women have to go through to get through reservations so lok sabha rajya sabha census delimitation so on so forth so you you're never going to see the end of the day so basically we are telling women please wait you're in the queue and you know this can happen while we want it to happen you know while we have made it you know uh you know hap- well made it easy for it to happen we really like we have a plan like we have a plan and but the plan yeah, will take like 10 years to want it to yeah. that's that's the messaging that is gone about okay the idea that census is uh, essential makes sense for something when you want to measure uh, who the beneficiaries will be okay so if you are doing a census to check for uh, you know scst reservation or you know any of those kind of things i would say there is merit in that idea of doing census because you need to know which are the seats that have more scst population and therefore need more representation but for women for something like women's reservation it was such an open and shut case it is we are 48 50% of the population and how hard is it to just you know do this by lottery because you know mm. you It, that's one of the options open right to do this by lottery you really did not need census followed by delimitation and therefore arriving at uh, you know arriving at some for a complex formula for mm-hmm. reservation right so i find that disingenuous in the bill it's almost telling you i mean finding a way out to not do this mm-hmm. that i think is you know for me is problematic Stay tuned to All Things Policy. We'll be right back after a short commercial break. Yeah, and 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 to be honest, I mean, I I think I have a different kind of uh, opinion on this. So, I mean, I do agree that I mean the uh, the way the bill is structured and all it is. it does not give that right uh, like uh, promptly it i mean the whole thing i think might take 6 7 years so it may it may be only uh, in the elections of of 
2029 that like that we may see this happen but apart from that i think i have a I bigger think it'll be 2029 also because once you do the um, once the next election is done 2024 then you will start the census process which will take 2 3 years and then the delimitation the delimitation body needs certain amount of time and considering this this, this delimitation is going to be contentious with the with the north is divide that is going yeah. to take longer so it's not before 2035 maybe or by which time we don't know if the bill is lapsed or still there or you know mm-hmm. what, what the deal is but a uh, true so I, i i would say that and to be honest i mean that is why for example i mean i i mean i think that there is there are much better ways to go about it which does not like need to go into all of these complications i mean this idea is not mine you know like specifically uh, this idea has been floated around for many years uh, but i was just wondering that you know why to make this so complicated all you had to do was you just uh, like Uh, like uh, ask like you pass a bill or you just mandate through the election commission of india that all political parties who are contesting an election either at the state level or at the central level should give at least 33% seats for ex- uh, like sorry the 33% tickets to women and then i think i think that it takes away all of these kind of problem about which seats to reserve who to give and there are and i think there are real concerns regarding whether uh, one will be able to build uh, women leaders from the ground up because if seats are going to change every 10 years then this kind of a fight would kind of no no so so if the if the limitation is going to happen every 10 years and and it will change every 10 years which happens with the scst kind of uh, mm-hmm. as well so i think scst and female would happen at the same time so it happens every decade but so i think that is takes like it, it just makes the whole process very contentious if you allow parties that okay you have to give at least 33% seats uh, yeah, 33% yeah, yeah. Ah, uh-huh. so, uh, so then I, I guess it just makes uh, things a lot more easy, and uh, that I think allows the flexibility that the parties can decide whether okay, you know what, I on this seat X, I have a male uh, candidate who uh, is strong and who I can win with, but there there is a seat Y where you know I don't have as many. Uh, like uh, people or at least i can afford to you know like i have this very uh, ambitious and uh, uh, like uh, woman that i want to promote then i would want to give this uh, i take it for seat y to this uh, woman so i think it it could have been just a lot more simpler we would not even need all of this waiting and census and delimitation you just had to have no no notification and then the parties could do it themselves and i am just curious like i don't know why this was not considered and, and this was discussed during the last time uh, in 2010 as well but it yeah. seems like we want to go to this very tried tested and kind of very old ways of doing things which is by just a reservation and yeah yeah so i think it's an interesting idea but uh, when i think about it a little deeper it 
does not guarantee an outcome which will give me 33% seats in the parliament okay so all uh, parties can probably reserve uh, or give those tickets to those people right but what if none of those women get elected you are still left with a parliament which has no representation of women hmm. right so if what we are looking for is immediate representation then i think you need some form of you know the the final outcome uh, that we want that is what we need to control for okay while i like the idea that you know the parties should give this thing mandating it may not give you that final outcome is my sense of course i could be wrong in terms of calculations etc i'm happy to be corrected on that but i feel the outcome is not something you will get yeah, so yeah, we can I'm... get it in in 20 years we can hope to get it okay mm. but the entire process has been about hope since independence we have been living on hope and prayer that society will correct itself society mm-hmm. will do this women will come women will take over leadership yeah. positions women will do this and women will do that okay now since it has not happened and women as voting block and women as you know the the way the overton window has shifted on women's rights is i mean of course you could point out you know a lot of things where you can say that we are still in the dark ages blah blah but i'm saying the way we're moving in terms of those outcomes i don't think women are ready to wait no, i am not ready and, and 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 i i guess i think uh, finally i think the trade off is this like the way i see it at least it's i mean you're right i i think it would take like at least one two or three cycles right for that to 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 actually like the number of tickets reserved to be kind of reflected in the parliament uh, so i think the trade off here is that let's say uh, we with this delimitation like the, like the way the the bill is structured from the day it's like the reservation starts it might also take about two or three cycles for organic women leaders to come up from the from the bottom because if the parliament is only 15% women to go from 15 to 33 will not happen in like get go so we might see that the whole old problem of you know like having to depend on the the relatives of the incumbent who is male or the the option 2 is that you uh, kind of wait for two or three cycles uh, for the number of females in the parliament to stabilize so i mean at the end it's a choice right like i can't say one is Better. better than the other it's a choice that which bargain you are willing to uh, to to take and i think, I think that will get dictated by electoral compulsions right uh, which shows that like like uh, like the parties have now realized that women are a important and big block so they want to do it uh, as soon as possible it seems yeah yeah so this this is other thing that you know that you actually said that uh, we cannot groom leaders in 5 years or whatever you know you uh, constant women cannot groom constituencies um, you know they are not given enough time to build their rapport and all of that mm-hmm. i mean no political career is 5 years i mean you can do anything in 5 years 5 years is a very small thing it is true for anybody it's not true just for women yeah, yeah. and the, i mean the question i have really is does being a woman 
preclude you from contesting on the other seats as in uh, say constituency x is reserved constituency y is not reserved okay does it mean that i cannot i cannot contest in uh, constituency y if i have built that constituency in my previous terms why will the party not give me that ticket in no, no you no, no you you're right so i i mean like the way i see it and i may be a bit cynical here I mean that's why I think like the idea that I am saying I prefer that is because then you because I think the argument is that if the seats are going to the reserved seats are going to change every 10 years then there will be competition between the women uh, sure, leaders of that seat and then the men and I think uh, that might you know like get a bit ugly but I mean the way I see it is that I mean isn't it ugly maybe, enough now <laughs> <laughs> true, true 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 I mean and I mean I agree I mean I would say that I understand. I just think that it just makes the whole process, I think, a bit more harmonious. Yeah. But I guess that uh, we have to see. I think. I think if the things really go like, if things really don't go the way they're supposed to go, I think the parliament will, you know, bring in amendments to, you know, do what it must. Yeah, because. Uh... protecting the privilege of 179 male male mp or whatever number of male mps now seems to be the <laughs> um, you know the most important thing at this point in time which is why you have the census the delimitation every which way you have all those hurdles coming up so they will do everything to protect the privilege of the male mps they will bring arguments which are not not so you know may not stand the test of time but i mean the only thing i would like to say the vote in window has shifted enough for us to see some action on this and i'm happy about that no, and i true. think we should just see how this goes and let's hope it's a victory for women and therefore a victory for everybody no no true and i i i should say that you know see we can all discuss whether it was good or bad or how it could be improved and everything but the fact of the matter is that this bill is now passed this is now reality and i think i i really look forward to having like represent uh, like being represented by the parliament you know where at least the like the ratio of for women mps is at least half of what they are in population or at least something like that so i think uh, however it is as we have said that uh, i think if things don't go the way they're supposed to go i think there is always a scope for course correction but as we have seen i think there might be some hiccups initially but i think we will reach an equilibrium where you know we can all adjust with the new reality and then go forward with making policies which puts people at the center and i mean obviously all the other issues with the parliament still remain so it's not like a is like a like a big solution magic for everything wand. but yeah it's, it's not a magic wand it will need a significant amount of reform but at least the in terms of representation I think uh, we have uh, done something very interesting and path breaking and I look forward to seeing how it unfolds. Yes, if we if at all it happens. <laughs> I oh my god. I I hope it happens. I really hope we don't uh, like this is not cosmetic I although it's not, taking time. But uh, you are the optimist. I like <laughs> it with the half glass um, empty half empty view. So yeah, if if we can make some changes to this it will be great and I yeah. we'll see what happens interesting yeah. times indeed yeah. yeah interesting times and uh th- 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 thanks a lot for your time suman it was very interesting Thank discussion 
and hopefully when we discuss this again it should not be too far away in future but we have some more interesting things that are passed by by parties or we have something that we can say that the voting power of women as a block has really brought change into how parties see women and then they finally start to care about those issues and not just give a cosmetic response to their concerns so thank you so much thank you thanks if you liked our show don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network you can tune into them on the IVM podcast app ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts you can also follow IVM on social media the handle is at IVM podcasts on twitter facebook and instagram and hey if you'd like to dive into takshashila's research on technology strategy and economic affairs check us out at our twitter handle at takshashila inst or our website takshashila.org.in hey hey it's been another great week on the ivm podcast network on all things policy ananya desai and rohan pai discuss recurrent bans on fireworks during festive seasons in india and discuss possible solutions to tackle india's air pollution problem On the Habit Coach podcast Ashton Doctor welcomes Sahil Mehta an esteemed mountaineer and author of the book Break Free Sahil shares a transformative experience which became the catalyst for embracing discipline and fulfillment The episode explores the profound impact of vulnerability on personal growth Folks if you like our shows do spread the word tell your friends and don't forget to rate and review them wherever you're listening to them Follow us on social media. We are IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. You'll also find all our shows on YouTube at youtube.com/ivmpodcasts. And finally, we would like to thank our sponsors this week. Omidyar Network India, Abbott, IDFC First Bank and Save Life Foundation. Thank you for making this possible.